0: Welcome to the Cyber Firefight podcast. I'm your host, Renee Tarrin, the Deputy CISO at Fortinet, and author of the book, Fight Fire with Fire, Proactive Cybersecurity Strategies for Today's Leaders. In this Cybersecurity Perspectives podcast, we will talk with a different cybersecurity expert from the book in each episode, and discuss valuable perspectives and important takeaways from their individual chapter. Today, I'll be talking with Terry Roberts, founder and CEO of Whitehawk. Welcome, Terry. I'm looking forward to talking to you about your chapter.
1: Hi, Renee, it's so wonderful to be here and talk about our fabulous book, Fight Fire with Fire.
0: Yeah, so your chapter is Don't Let Cyber Supply Chain Security Be Your Weakest Link. So I'm looking forward to diving into that topic. But first, um, I'd ask if you could start off by telling us a little about, about your background and how you came into the cyber field.
1: Absolutely. Uh, So I'm a career, uh, actually national security intelligence and scientific and technical intelligence professional. I got into cyber in the late 1990s when I led a portion of scientific and technical intelligence for the Navy. Uh, And as, as some folks (laughs) might recall, that was the era when we were really putting all our networks in place at scale uh, in the Navy in particular at sea and everybody was focused on the enabling power of it, but nobody was focused on the resilience or the vulnerabilities. And so uh, my team, we actually did the first, um, Intelligence Acquisition Assessment, uh, a threat assessment on the Navy Marine Corps intranet, and then uh, a lot of activities followed to that, and that's when I got the cyber bug. Um, and then went on uh, to go back to cyber uh, after being the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to be made the Executive Director of Carnegie Mellon Software Engineering Institute, uh, where I got to you know, sort of regroup with the cyber body of knowledge, learn about uh, research and development at uh, major universities, uh, and then go on to industry, and then got the idea for my company. Uh, so I've had the luxury of focusing on
0: cyber risk and resilience for about twelve years now. Well, that's great. That is definitely a diverse and interesting background that you bring to uh, to the listeners. So let's dive into a little bit about your uh, your chapter on you know su- cyber supply chain security. Um, why should leaders, especially in today's environment, you know, really be paying attention to you know, cyber supply chain security? You know, as CISOs and cyber leaders, there's always tons and stuff of work to do and tons on their plate, but you know, why should we now also be paying attention to the cyber supply chain security?
1: So as you can imagine with my background, uh, I've been trained to think like a bad guy. <laughs> and bad guys, uh, as, as our title says, are always looking for your weakest link. Um, and as we all know, we partner, uh, if we're a major company or, uh, department, we, we can partner with thousands of vendors and suppliers and teammates. Um, and a lot of them are small to mid-sized and they don't have in-house, uh, cybersecurity or security expertise in general. And so they may not have put their resilience in place either regarding their products or regarding their company. And so that's how I would come at you, right? Is I would find one of those weak links and then gain access to your networks, to your data sets, to your operations. So that's where we're going to target. So you as an executive in government or industry have to be looking at your risk and threat landscape. And this is a key part of the risks that you face.
0: Yeah, Terry, I think you, you bring up some valid points. It also brings to light that, you know, a risk assumed by one is a risk assumed by all. So as people look to bring in these technologies and capabilities into their organization, um, you're essentially assuming those risks of, of those vendors and partners, right? Exactly, exactly. And we've had
1: a lot of exemplars, especially over the last decade. Um, I think, you know, the, the the first aha moment was with Target in 2014. Um, that was through one of their HVAC partners, <laughs> you know, not something that you would normally think about. Um, and, and ever since then, I think there's been a growing understanding that uh, that's how they can get at
0: you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it brings the light. They'll definitely stop at nothing to get, get at you. Um, but that brings up to the, the point, you know, knowing the adversaries you know, are expanding their tech, tactics and techniques um, and finding these creative ways to get into um, you know, our environments. You know, what are some of the challenges that you see for uh, cyber leaders that need to be thinking about when it comes to securing the supply chain? Yeah, I, I always start with um, your jewels. Um,
1: you know, uh, in the national security arena, we have an axiom. If you're trying to protect everything, you're really protecting nothing. Um, you have to prioritize. You have to figure out um, what are um, the key capabilities that have the greatest impact on your revenue, your reputation, your operation, you know, is it, um, you know, to be simplistic, Uh, Is it your website? Do you service your clients, you know, through your website? Is it proprietary data that you have? Um, and, And this is an executive team level exercise, right? It's everybody. It's not your IT lead. It's not your CIO. It's not your CISO or CSO. It's everybody thinking through your crown jewels and then their linkages and dependencies to you know your systems, your networks, um, the wireless environment
0: so it really comes down to not only having an understanding of just where those risks are but it, it really fits into an overall perspective of looking at where all your risks are and looking at the cyber supply chain, that is you know another risk that people need to be aware of and managing would you agree? Yes, and, and again, then you map
1: that supply chain to those crown jewels, to those priority risks. Yes. You see, you, you, you want to do it in a methodical, prioritized way, so that if you have $2,000 to spend over the next you know, three months, that you're mapping to those risks, you're not just mapping to a hundred different tasks or controls um, so that then if you do get hit, right? You, the impact of that hit will not be as great because you will have put security protocols in place across your crown jewels. So let's, let's pick a vendor um, who might have a direct impact on that. Um, obviously, software vendors, business applications that are integrated into your architecture, right, by design are inside uh, your networks, inside your operations, inside your environment. So you also want to prioritize who are your most critical vendors, who have the greatest impact on your operations and who have access right, to either your data or your operations. And so by going through that logic train and that triage, um, then you, you put those vendors and suppliers into what we call a tier one level, the most critical. And then it's those vendors and suppliers that you want to spend the most time on, and then perhaps the rest of your vendors and suppliers, you're doing an annual check on, again, because we don't have limited resources, right? So we need to triage and we need to prioritize.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're you're dead on, Terry, because especially when you think about, you know, 90% of all vulnerabilities start with some type of software weakness. And not to mention, you look at all the technologies we have now coming into play into our environments, whether that's the OT or IoT environments. And a lot of those technologies weren't necessarily developed with that security in mind. Um, so they, again, pre- op- present you know, opportunity risks um, for the adversaries you know, for them to exploit in, in our environments. But a- as you sit there and, and described, and you think about how our landscape uh, in our environments have changed, you know, they, it's expanded, we've got more people on devices now than ever before being connected you know, it seems like it could be a very daunting task, um, you know, for leaders, you know, to, to tackle some of the, these, these challenges. So, you know, from your perspective, you know, how should you know, leaders be tackling, you know, the stress? Is it, you know, from your perspective, is it just a people problem? Is it a process problem, a technology problem? Or, you know, how should they best be tackling this?
1: So, you know, supply chain risk management, Renee, has, has been around for a long time, but you know, prior to 10 years ago, we, we really didn't have the publicly available risk data sets and the AI risk-based analytics. So the convergence of those two capabilities, right, now allow us to automate and scale our supply chain risk management programs in a way that we weren't able to do previously. But ironically, um, in a, with a lot of the large government and industry entities that I have been able to work with, I have seen that they're still using SharePoint, they're still using spreadsheets, they're still using manual long self-attestation questionnaires, as opposed to an automated um, business risk and cyber risk SaaS analytic platforms that now exist in, uh, uh, across the landscape and have become very capable and extraordinarily effective at being able to pri- identify, prioritize, and then help you to mitigate those risks continuously. So we're really in a, in a exciting new era, really the last five years. Um, and so my advice to executive teams is, you know, once you've gone through the prioritization that we discussed previously, then it's about truly vetting um, and digging into the tools and platforms that are available today to see which best maps um, your priorities, your regulatory environment, um, so that you can automate this program and then have maybe, you know, one or two or a handful of people um, who then leverage that platform and then engage to mitigate the risk. So your time is spent not on identifying and listing the risks, right?
0: But actually
1: engaging to mitigate the risks.
0: Yeah, and from what I'm hearing from you, Terry, is what people need to understand that, you know, this is not a one and done type thing. This is a continuous and iterative process Um, throughout your, you know, basically, you know, your your risk management program, correct?
1: Oh, absolutely. I I always say this is moving at the speed of technology or the speed of software, right? Um, So in today, in in the digital age risk environment, um, you want to get started immediately, you want to establish that risk baseline, um, and then build on it. But it is a continuous program. Um, You know, the bad guys can take literally a day or two to develop a new campaign and then execute on that campaign across hundreds to thousands of companies and organizations. Um, And so you have to be able to establish what is normal and then be able to detect the abnormal in your supply chain, or, you know, global risks, right? It could be risks to um, them being able to deliver on capability that are caused by uh, COVID supply chain issues, right? Um, It could be that they just got bought uh, by a Chinese company, and that's a risk for this particular client. So you really have to stay up with the changing environment of your suppliers, both from a business risk standpoint, their finance, their operations, geographically, internationally, um, or as a a software-based capability, right, actually testing and
0: monitoring their software bill of materials. Gotcha, absolutely. Um, And so I know you you started to touch on some of this about, you know, we've come a long way in this space and there's definitely, you know, solutions out there and frameworks that can help guide leaders through this process. Um, Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what should you be looking for in a solution? And more importantly, I know there's like, there's multiple frameworks out there there's ISO, there's NIST. And, you know, what would be your advice on, you know, to our, our listeners on, you know, what should they be looking for in the solutions and, you know, how do they address, you know, what framework to go with?
1: Yes, for the, you know, for the, again, the majority of suppliers and vendors are small to mid tier. And so actually the highly sophisticated frameworks like NIST don't, aren't, aren't useful. Right, for small to mid sized companies and organizations. So, I I have used CIS, which maps to NIST, but I'll tell you, I'm pretty enamored with um, CMMC, the Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification, Management Certification. Um, that was developed by my former um, organization, Carnegie Mellon um, SEI, along with MITRE. And, And the reason that I really like this approach is because it's tiered. And every company and organization in the world can achieve level one. Okay, Not all of us are race car drivers, right? Some of us just need driver's ed, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, get our car registered, and follow the rules of the road, and maybe get insurance, right? So, that level one is what every business or organization should be doing to be just basically resilient and secure in the digital age. And then, You know, you can go on to the next levels, but it's more bite-sized. It's more achievable because I call uh, uh, NIST 800-171 is Mount Everest. And so I I think what has happened is then companies that are not cyber sophisticated then just look at Mount Everest and say, "Ah, ah, ah." (laughs) I don't know where to start, so I'm not going to start, right? And so, with CMMC now, you—no kidding—everybody can get started. And so, I find that very exciting and practical. And I find it a very practical way to measure your suppliers and vendors.
0: Well, that's great, Terry. Terry, I want to thank you so much—one for your contributions um, to fight fire with fire, proactive cybersecurity for today's leaders, I think the insight that you share on, you know, ensuring that your supply chain security isn't your weakest link in your security infrastructure, um, I think offers valuable insights, um, you know, to its readers. And I thank you for joining me today on this podcast. And thank you to everyone for listening today. I hope you find value and information on what you too can do to help secure your supply chain security. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thanks, Renee, and thanks for your leadership um, on the book and on getting the word
0: out. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, everyone. If you want more information on Fight Fire with Fire, go to our blog at ftnt.net slash cyberfirefight.